You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The trade deadline has come and gone, and fans may not have gotten the big moves they wanted, but at least the Gus Bus experiment's done, right? Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and I did not watch the game last night because I was out uh, getting a new vehicle. Truth be told, though, I would have paid all that money just to not watch the game, period. So, you know, all, all, all's well as it ends well, I guess. Yeah, I had the unfortunate um, duty of handling the Twitter, and I mean, I don't know if I really expected anything. I don't think I had an expect- expectation going into the the game i didn't expect them i think to get blown out necessarily but they did that anyway um i'm i'm Adirondack and because of all these blowouts there are bad takes all over flyers twitter recently so if you want some terrible things to read just hop on hashtag flyers and start scrolling yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on that um i'm like zawissa and i can't believe that I'm once again gearing up for a draft and free agency instead of a playoff oh, run. I mean, that's what, so like, depressing. After last year, yeah, who would have thought we would be in this uh, situation? I keep thinking of yep. that Paul Rudd uh, meme where he's like, "Who would have thought? Not us." Like, just like <laughs> holy that's, shit, uh, it's basically us right now. Um, well, did that drop right before the pandemic, or was that like a? I don't know. That's a good meme? question. It feels like it. It feels like it was five years ago. You hung out with the Zoomers. You ask them; they they'll know. They're 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 hip to to memes, right? So you True. ask the Zoomers; yeah. you let me know. But yeah, I mean, this is just it's it's a lost season. Um, we'll get into um, the, the deadline and, and the couple moves that they did make, and a couple moves from around the league. But real quick, a, a word from our sponsor, Matt. You want to take us through, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. So basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one daily, one day, excuse me, fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat? like never before, and make it rain. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. With DraftKings, payday comes every day. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN. And you can get a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I think we're getting better at this, guys. I think, I think we're getting better at these ad reads as they, as they come along. So I'm proud of us. But excellent Let's ad read. some more sponsors in here. There we go. We'll, we'll have one every five minutes. Exactly. Um, well, let's get into it, guys. The, uh, the tread line. Uh, tread line. Jesus. <laughs> Trade deadline is come, come and gone. And Mike, you, you called it, buddy. You had Raffle um, probably exiting the building and 
It's official. His I, uh, his time. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I I think we all kind of com- combined called it. We said. I said. I think Joe was out. Joe was not. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I was like, uh, hey, no, I yeah. I said Gus yeah. for a seventh, and then I think you did say that. Yeah. I can't I remember did, who yeah. else we had. We said Gus, and then maybe Lots and one other play. I think you said obviously Raffle, but. We we said it was either going to be so you definitely called Gus. I pretty sure I called Raffle. I thought maybe Braun would get moved, and then we said Lawton would either be moved yesterday or like resigned. Yeah. We kind of called that. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, we all there's also been tons of stuff we yeah. haven't called. Yeah, uh, so. especially the, the rest of the league. There was kind of a, a shocker move. What we'll probably get into because it was when the league goes back to normal, it will be a division rival. So, um, but they actually they are still a division rival. What am I talking about? Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, Raffle took he took a lot of flack here the last couple of years. Says you know, some people said he's you know, kind of like the face of mediocrity. Listen, I think the three of us would all agree he's given everything he's got. When he's on the ice, he, he played his heart out. Um, he was not what's wrong with this team. Um, he's just a good way, to, a real success story if you think about it. I mean, comes from overseas, no one had ever heard of him. Um, gets a two way contract, you know, plays his his absolute hardest. And he got to the NHL, um, you know, good for him. It's terrific. We all, I think we all wish him well with the Capitals. Did he, he's still, he's injured, so he didn't play last night, right? Uh, okay. Thank yeah. God. That would have been brutal. Can you imagine? Um, he, he dresses in the lineup and they shell the Flyers 6-1. Um, but Raffle's gone. Uh, Gus is gone. What are your guys, give me, give me a positive uh, Raffle moment that you can think of. Um, he, I mean, he had a terrific uh, early playoffs last year. I know that's probably fresh in a lot of people's minds, mm-hmm. but give me, uh, give me some thoughts, guys. Um, my big raffle memory is that power move goal that he scored against the Pens uh, a few years ago. It was in like a, a kind of like a meaningless regular season game. I, I don't even know if the Flyers made it to the playoffs that year, and I think they wound up losing the game in overtime. But Raffle like drove down the wing with like a minute left pulled an incredible toe drag and like stuffed it back or uh stuffed it backhand and uh he when he when he used that power the move down the wall that, that was my i have my yeah, my yeah. raffle moment is that exact goal against the predators he did it against the preds yeah did a stutter step oh, against okay. the wall okay absolutely lost a defender and went five hole pecorino and they won the game yeah he uh he he had that move no down. he didn't he use didn't. it enough but uh one one thing i'll always remember about Roth too is never afraid to block a shot I, how many times did he come out of the lineup because he broke his foot yeah. or you know fractured something in his foot from a block shot and it really did seem like every time Michael Raffle you know came out of the lineup especially within the last few years the team's play sagged a little bit especially last year I feel like he was I mean that fourth line we had a lot of hope for it coming into this year but Raffle was like the key to really making a lot of that work so you know, played above his station uh, too many times during his tenure here, but that was not his fault. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I'll I'm miss Roth. He was he's, a, he's think, a good role guy. I think that's why he may have caught slack from people who don't really understand like yeah roster construction and what to what to expect out of players. So you can't expect Rafa every night to like have offensive chances right like he has that stutter step like we mentioned maybe he should have used it more but at the same time i think the 20 goals he scored the one year 
in a lot of fans' minds, set an unrealistic expectation moving forward yeah. of what they could expect in terms of like he be teetering that twenty goal line. But I, I believe at Alexander Appleyard posted his his advanced stats, and he's like the prototypical desired bottom sixer. He has good coursey. Um, like Mike said, he's he's willing to block shots, and that's not just because the puck's always in his end and chances are being tossed on net while he's on the ice. It's just the chances that he is in the defensive zone for he's willing to block. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a very good depth. He's like he's the ideal player, honestly. You would want on like a fourth line. It's like a winger or something like that down a down a stretch. He's six two. He's strong. Um, he's he like you said last year, Joe. He he was very good in the playoffs. I think he had like four or five goals. So he <laughs> scores those like playoff style goals. As the, yeah, he'll never shake that moniker here. <laughs> Thanks to oh, Haxtell. Right. Yeah, that that guy. But yeah, I mean he. It's it's sad to see him go, but I think it is a step in the right direction because even though he's a good per, like person for that role, we have the Lazinskis of the world, the Wade Allisons, who we might be seeing sooner than later, um, and we got to see if they can kind of fill that with maybe a little bit more offensive punch. So yeah, it, it was just it was time. Um, it was just time to move on. Um, he was a great locker room guy. I know he was really really great friends with Scott Walton, so that's got to be. A little, little awkward between the two of them now that that Scott's back for such a long time, and now Roth is gone. But I mean, it's just a move that needed to be done. Like you said, we have all these young guns. You know, you draft these players for a reason. It's not to just keep paying Michael Rothel over and over again. Eventually, you want to see what they can do. Um, maybe they have a, a couple moves, you know, of their own. Uh, maybe they'll steal Rothel's stutter step move. I don't know, but um, it was time. I want to thank thank Roth, though for all the fun times. I mean, he he was around for. For some fun games. games. I mean, that's that's insane to think about. You know, undraft. Well, he's undrafted, right? Yep. From you know, from Europe, and they don't really see that a ton anymore. So great for him. Wish him all the success in the Caps lineup once he draws back in. Um, not bad return either. I mean, fifth round, fifth round pick. You know, we'll take it. Um, the Flyers also got a seventh round pick uh, for trading Eric Gustafson to the Canadians. The obviously it would never work out from the start, and I think Chuck Fletcher even admitted that. Um, it just you know he got into the redundancy. Talked about redundancy in the lineup in his presser and stuff, and just was never a good fit for Gus. So again, I don't have any ill will towards him. I wish him luck in Montreal. I, I don't know if he's even going to play. I have no clue. Um, he looked great like the first like two games. I think his slap shot was getting through, and I think he, he assisted on the first goal. Right? It was a it was a slap shot, and he. From the point two, okay, so there you go. Um, I was really excited for him, and it just completely fell apart after that. Never went anywhere. So that's that's the two, I guess, moves they made technically. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on on the Gus bus? He might be one of the worst defensive, like positioned, just even effort. Like a lot of that's effort, and the reason I can point to this is like the difference between playing club hockey growing up and then once you get to like cl- um like college club at a little bit lower level like you get lazy and you, you don't really like keep your head on the swivel or things like that but that's how he plays in the nhl like the difference between feeling like it's your job to constantly be looking for a guy to pick up and always be like i think he just is always thinking about offense and pushing play that that's such a secondary consideration for him 
and he was exposed mightily for it in our lineup. And I don't yeah. think at this point in his career that's going to change because, I mean, maybe he can help a bad power play on the top unit and you play him sheltered, like third pair with a good, a good defenseman. But even then, I mean, his gaffes are too, too terrible to really cover up. Go ahead, Mike. Do you have any thoughts on, on the Gus bus? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously didn't work out. He clearly has a lot of skill offensively. Um, I think he's a guy that might have worked last year on last year's team, considering how well the team did break out passes and how often the defensemen were the ones initiating the rush um, and even creating zone or offense in the zone. So, but yeah, um, it, I mean, it just fell apart for the defense entirely this year. So, and he was obviously a big, uh, a big part of that. So best of luck in Montreal. Um, I'm sure we'll get a couple looks there because they're, they're they also just lost Victor right Mete, so. who, which is an interesting yeah, exchange, yeah. him for a younger... That's, that's a tough exchange. Younger, right-handed shot. Um, yeah. Moves the puck well. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll say this about Gus. Um, he's going to win the Stanley Cup. That's my pick, the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. So he's oh, going right, to win the Stanley right, Cup. Right, yeah. um, again, none of us have any ill will towards towards him. Good luck, buddy. I mean, listen, it, it's a shame. It, it didn't really make a ton of sense from the start. I'll never understand why they signed him. Um, no, not at three million dollars. They must have. They the only thing I consider is like he was pleasantly shocked of how well Ghost has done recently. Chuck Fletcher. Like I almost wonder if it wasn't for how well like Ghost played. If I don't even know. Like they just anticipated him being Ghost's replacement in the lineup. Um, Maybe. I think. I think it was partially like they were in on. Brody and they lost out because Toronto went the extra year and with the no trade clause or no movement clause and then they were kind of left looking at what was available they didn't want to go Stetcher because kind of an unknown quantity and they went Gustafson instead thinking that maybe he called lightning in a bottle because I mean for one year you you can't really overpay for for one year um it's one of those moves that it and it doesn't hurt them moving forward so but yeah, I, I think that they were kind of. Just I'm just shocked he was able to get out of options. It, it, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean he was he was he, making he, like yeah, four, but he got right, tra- on I think he got traded for like a what like a fifth or fourth round pick. It was like two seconds on deadline the day. Flames? I'm pretty sure he got it was a it, yeah yeah I'm pretty sure because he was a hot commodity. You, you, you very much he could was coming be right. off. Um, Here, let's look. All I know. All I know is they. I. I. Some people. I saw some people like. Oh well, it was a panic move when they lost Niskanen. They knew they were going to lose Niskanen. Two thirds. They knew they were going to lose Niskanen. Like they. They were aware of that. That it's potential that he wasn't going to come back. So I don't want to hear that it was a panic move. It's just a bad move. Yeah, they they knew early. No, no, not you. Move. People on Twitter are saying that. Yeah, no. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it's just, a, it's just a bad move. That's just the it, it, it was a bad gamble. So stylistically, it made zero sense. Like when you looked at our team, like you weren't necessarily see, saying like we needed an offensive defenseman. That's the piece we were missing, especially because we got so much co- contributions from all defensemen last year. It was a kind of collective effort. Yeah. Um, so that's why it, it really. 
made no sense but i don't want to harp on it too much it's well i mean it, it, if nothing else though like i get the redundancy with ghost but that's the last thing i'll say on it it they kind of just went into the year being like all right well one of these guys is gonna have to run with it they gave gus the shot first because ghost was out with covid and then he didn't run with it and then ghost got his shot and look he's he's taken hold of it to the point where we might even wind up seeing ghost on the team next year because Fletcher specifically mentioned that Moran and Ghost have been their best pair yeah. as of late. So, I mean, over like considering how the year went too, like it's Eric Gustafson's not the reason this team no. didn't make the playoffs. So, if him being signed meant that the team finally realized what they have in Ghost, then maybe yeah. that's a positive. That's like a positive to yeah, take from point. it, I guess. We will see, my friends. But uh, good luck in Montreal and uh, win me that Stanley Cup, Gus. Win me, win me that bet. But um. I did not, like I said, I did not watch the game yesterday. Um, thank God. What a shame. Yeah. Uh, but they played the Capitals, and they got rocked again. Uh, everything I saw from, from what you guys were saying in the chat, and when I got on Twitter this morning and I was looking, seemed like Elliot did not have a very good game. No. Um, no, he didn't. I, 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 cards on the table, I didn't even watch the highlights yet. I haven't watched it, so I didn't see any of the goals, but... You guys just – I know we don't want to talk about this very long, so just give a quick hit on, on the game. Just do it like you're talking to me. Just explain how the game went for me because I honestly have no idea. It. This is literally all I'm going to say about the game. Um, it looks like a team – or it looked like a team that – it looked like a post-trade deadline team that knows they have no shot at the playoffs and just lost one of their favorite guys in the locker room. I mean, that's, that's really what it looked like. Fair enough. They just looked defeated. Problem is, though, it doesn't look too much different than – games and teams efforts we've seen in prior games so i'm not willing yeah. to give them that uh that excuse i no i, I know oh, what you mean no, stylistically no, no, I, that's what it looked like yeah, for sure yeah. um yeah it, it was brian elliott on the first goal found himself in the crease and he couldn't push himself back to the crease no no clue how he got there oh, um yeah like he and like we said, we don't want to go too much into it, but essentially our, our penalty kill was too passive again. Um, the cross-team cross, cross team passes, just sitting back in the box, waiting for them to make the plays and hoping it would hit a player. It was it was embarrassing. Our, our power play didn't do anything. We had three-on-twos where we're dumping pucks in the corner instead of taking the chance. Oh, it's, my God. It is, it is a little weird and weary that, like, it's going to be interesting to see if Chuck holds true to not firing anyone because if they continue to play like this, like it, it plays like a team. Like the person that sticks out the most is um, Kevin Hayes. Like he doesn't even appear he wants to be on the ice. I know his numbers are supposed to back him up, but I mean, he, the eye test doesn't show him engaged all the time. But again, I, I didn't watch yesterday, so I'm not sure, but. I know his numbers say he's doing well, um, and it's kind of a reversal of last year, right? Last year his numbers were not as good as they are now, apparently. But to everybody's eye test, no, well, go ahead, Mike. The, he, the numbers are, are about okay. the same. Like, yeah, the, I mean, he's also scoring again, shorthanded goals and like, game-winning goals. goals the, yeah, that's yeah. the difference. The penalty kill was one of the best kills in the league. He was one of the best defensive centers, you know, mid-range defensive centers in the league. He had the most visible plays at the most visible times yeah. in games. That was, and I, I had a bad feeling about this going into the year with Hayes, is that people 
watched him score three or four shorthanded goals last year at the most pivotal yeah. moments and score breakaway goals, goals where he was picking Austin Matthews' pocket, et cetera, et cetera. And that goes a long way to making impressions. When you don't get that this year, he still he had breakaways, even though the penalty kill has been terrible. He just hasn't capitalized. So I think by every metric, he's just about the same. But, I mean, I, I see what you're saying with the lack of compete. It's more whatever, of the eye test, yeah. It's not necessarily when you look at his numbers. Yeah, that's just across the whole yeah. board for me. So I have a hard time... He just specifically like yesterday, I I noticed it. Like, I remember there was a shift where I literally saw him go off on a change while they were going up the ice, like, on the attack, and he was mm-hmm. straight-legged from, like, the off our offensive blue line to the bench, like, not even sticking out a leg to make a stride, like, no interest. And yeah. I get it. I mean, when you have a team who you anticipate, like, none of them – None of those veterans came into the season and were like, yeah, we're, we're probably going to fight for a playoff spot. They're probably thinking, we're going to fight for the top spot. And now they find themselves in like a weird situation where they don't know like what the team's going to look like next year. And they know they're not making the playoffs. So. Yeah. None of them no. signed up for this, basically. And, and all of them have done, again... I test aside for a guy like Hayes. All of them have done virtually everything in their power to make this season not like not go this way. Because like if Konechny is scoring, if Myers and Sanheim put together a strong entire season, if Provorov was able to play a strong entire season, if Ghost hadn't just started to play well a couple they weeks just ago, had like, average goal all these things, average, Jesus. yeah, average goaltending from their two so goalies, bad. like yeah. If they'd gotten all those things, then we wouldn't even be talking about Kevin Hayes and the way that he, you know, is failing the eye test. Like it, so it, it is. It's one of those compounding things that they just, yeah. The one, I, the one thing I did want to bring up to you guys that is, I've noticed more recently is the defense have been so much more engaged in the offensive side of the play. I feel like I saw like Robert Hague last night, like multiple times joining the rush, like things you would never see from him. And I noticed that more off, like more from Sanheim following his overtime goal in Boston. And I don't know if that was like mm-hmm. a, a, a system. I don't want to say like a system thing or just more of like a, because they lost Niskanen, they wanted to be a little more like reliant on the forwards and not have their D join as much. But I have think, you noticed? I was just going to ask, no, have you guys noticed that? that? Am I the only one who's seen that? I have I have noticed what you're saying because I've even seen Sam Moran jump the play. He jumped that like his first goal. He jumped up into the play for you know a fifty fifty puck and scored. Like to me, I don't think it's much systems. I think it goes back to the very beginning of the season where, from game like one and two, I know that they got you know they were getting outshot and stuff like that. But like offensively, they looked flawless. Like they were just creating off the rush. It was games one and two were yeah. still fun. At least game one, um, but. I think once the goalie started to get shelled and then once the defense started buckling, I think it all just like snowballed into nobody had any confidence about what they should be doing and nobody had any clue about what they should do to, to kind of get things straightened out. And I think that manifested into defensemen not wanting to jump the play because they didn't want to further hang their goalies out to dry and then all that does is you just wind up spending more time in your own zone and you create opportunities for your goalies to be hung out to dry so i think to me that's what it was maybe they're 
they have nothing to play for now, so they're playing with a little more, you know, a little more risk or a little more, I don't know, pace to, to that end of the game. That's a good point I, I to segue. Know. So they play Penguins tomorrow. Um, Jeff Carter, Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall. <laughs> Jeff Carter and Ron Hextall are a part of the Penguins organization now. What a nightmare world this has turned into. Um, personally, I, I want to hear what you guys are going to look for, but, you know, we talked about it. The tread line. The tre- oh my god! I keep saying tread line. The <laughs> trade deadline is come and gone. I thought that would put less pressure on this team. I thought they would play looser because hey, we sold. We know what what our future is. Let's just play out this year as best we can. Let's play loose. You know, let's try and find our game and build some momentum going into next season. And yesterday was not a good start. So. I'm looking for that at some point. I mean, it would be nice if it happens against the Penguins, but who knows? But I want to see a, a team that's a little bit loose, that's open to trying new things, that's open to jumping up on, on the rush. Because at this point, what do you have to lose, right? You know, try whatever you want to try because you've got, I think there's 14 games left, 13 games left, something like that. Um, not a ton of games left. Let's see what you can do. Um, build some more, some positive momentum. For uh, for the next season, I would like to see uh, Sam Moran fight somebody. That is that is my last piece. You guys, go ahead. What what are you looking for against this uh, this Pens uh, Pens game? To, to be enjoyable. Just to win. It's always fun when you <laughs> beat the Penguins. Yeah. Um, I think Joe. I I do agree. That's what I want to see from them. Just you know, play with house Why money not? the rest of the year. Um, but I think I would not be shocked, honestly, given the way that this season has gone. If we kind of see a reverse of what we've seen throughout the year, where like young player Matt, you mentioned Haig and Sanheim have been jumping up in the play a little bit more. I wouldn't be shocked if we start seeing the young players kind of play a little looser and everything at the end of the year. And then we see some of the veterans kind of like not dog it necessarily, but sort of like trail Because uh, we, we just talked about it. This, this has to be a nightmare mm, for Claude Giroux. This season has to have been a nightmare. Like, he thought last year. He thought like, okay, this will turn be, the corner. This will be like a building block for the cup. Yeah. Then this, coming into this year, he was like, this might be the year. We were one win away, even though playing not playing our best hockey, we were one win away from the conference final. Like, this might be it. And then it just turned into this. I mean, this. So I I could completely imagine a scenario where the rookies seem like they're playing looser, and the veterans just kind of look checked out, which would suck. But I mean, if Claude Drew has now spent how many years here just toiling, not getting a chance? Just toiling away. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, ju- I would just like to see an yeah. enjoyable game. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Wade Allison draw in for NAK. I mean, I, I mentioned yeah. it on the podcast or on, oh, yeah. I, on the Twitter. Didn't you, say, didn't you say he took another penalty last night, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of soft, I'll say. But I think the reason they call that is right before he got called for the penalty, he did something similar to the very same player. So I want to say the refs probably saw that, gave him a pass, and then they see him drop the same person again. And the problem is, is like even if he were scoring at the same rate as he was last year, those pen- like they don't offset the production on the offensive side. He has taken so many just stupid penalties where it's not even just like an effort penalty where he's on the back check and he's stopping a three-on-two. Predominantly, they're 
they're in neutral zone, like he sticks his stick out or he interferes with a player who doesn't have the puck at an inopportune time. And when your team is, I mean, they were three for three on the power play last night and we were tied for 28th. So I'm, I'm assuming we're back to like 30th in the league and penalty kill. When your team's penalty kill is that bad, it just highlights the mistake that much more. And I I mean, I think we were all big fans of him last year, and I was hoping that he took the next step to be a borderline like top nine winger that you could kind of put into that third line if need be, and he's done the exact opposite, unfortunately. So hoping to see Wade Allison and see what he can provide, have him, Lazinski, some younger guys get some time. Oh, that'd be nice. I mean, Allison, from everything I've heard, he's got an NHL shot. So love to see that put to use. And, um, yeah, I think we all agree. NAK, like a lot of the young players on this team, just drastically regressed this year. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's get into the Lawton signing. Um, I wanted to save this for last because it's probably going to be our, our, our longest segment. But, I mean, five years – Three mil a year. Apparently, there's very little signing bonus, which I guess helps the team. Um, we're going to have to protect him, though, for the expansion draft. And I know when that deal got done, Matt, I think that was the first thing you said. You're like, why didn't they wait and just get this done after the expansion draft? That way you don't have to waste a spot on him. Um, and, and Mike, I think you brought up a good point. Hopefully, you know, they had an idea that they wanted to sign him and they had a plan in place or something. Uh, but what are you guys – go ahead. Yeah, I, what, think, what I was going to ask, what are your guys' thoughts on the on – the... No, just along that, like I think – I do agree with Matt, and I saw that take from a couple people. Like they could have waited to do the deal. But I think that they probably know a new coming in. Like Lotso is going to be one of the guys we protect no matter what, and the expansion draft might be a way for us to shed a contract, especially now. Like if they were already going into next or into this expansion draft thinking that JVR was going to be a guy that they weren't going to protect, now they have they can protect or unprotect two guys like Jake and JVR. Um, we've talked about how hard it is to move money right now in this, how like stringent the cap is right now. I mean, if you're coming off a season where you were not supposed to be this bad and you were this bad, like this might be the time to kind of lose a player for for nothing almost um plus i mean you yeah i don't know that's that's kind of the way i see it i i think they just really like scott lawton and yeah i think like people were i saw some people saying like oh you overpaid on the deal or not overpaid uh extended him for too long he's 26 i mean you have him for the rest of his prime i obviously in an ideal world you don't give someone five years if they're um a middle six center wing Obviously, they view him as kind of like, he, which he is. I mean, he if you look at the even strength scoring he has in terms of his production relative to some very good players, he's right in line. He just doesn't get any power play time, um, which is, I mean, nor here nor there. But looking at the the AAV, $3 million, that's fair. Like Tanner Pearson just got signed to a $3.25 yeah. three-year deal. So he got... $250,000 more. And unless I'm missing something, he's a better player. He being Scott Lawton. Yeah, Scott Lawton. Is so an better. older player yeah. gets 3.25 over three. In order to keep him at three, you go a couple extra years, which includes his entire prime. That's not going to be something that you can't mm-hmm. trade down the line either. It's and, not going to be something that's going to be an issue. $3 million is not going to make or break this team. Um, no. 
like Mike said, those albatross contracts, they're what make or break this team. Um, and I, th- I think I think you'll, you'd both agree with me. You know, this season was not JVR or Jake's fault. <laughs> They've all played well. Um, it just comes top you know, two scores, <laughs> top two scores, and and I yeah. think at the start of the year I said Jake's going to lead us in points. Um, I it's just you know it's business, right? At the end of the day, the dollars got to match, and we'll see what kind of moves they make. But five years for Scott Lawton, I mean, after the end of the, I can easily see them, and there's no no like a. No move clause, right? Or no trade clause. No, so, no. I mean, no. there's nothing to really protect him. After the second or third year, you got a young guy that's pressing. All right. Someone will take him, um, you know. Yeah, 100%. Well, and it keeps them from getting into – I mean, we literally just talked the about third this line in center. the episode prior. Like, yeah. this prevents them – yeah, it prevents them from getting into a bidding war with, you know, teams over a guy – obviously, he just got signed, but over a guy like Tanner Pearson or something. Like, if that's the, where the market's going to be on third-line centers – I mean, if they had traded Scott Lawton, they would have had no choice but to and get him. He's in a on that winger, market, so imagine which, third line centers you know, are probably three point so five to four. Oh ex- yeah, exactly. Like that's we, you know, you're looking at anywhere for a third line center on the okay. open market, three and a half to four. Like, May- I mean, the question I, now becomes: though, I want to get your guys' takes. I actually just pulled up cap friendly. So if we say we protect Giroux, Hayes, Konechny, Couturier, Lawton, the question then becomes. Do we protect Patrick and Limblom and then leave JVR and Jake? I think that's that's probably. I think it's gonna. They're gonna go seven and three. Yeah, 100%. set up, and I think they're gonna leave notable players left open. Are gonna be Jake, JVR, and Ghost. I would be. I would. I don't know. I would be really surprised if they left Patrick yeah, unopened. I would too. Um, I would think they'd sooner move him in a deal, even like even if they could recoup a first round pick for him. I think they'd sooner do that than just flat out lose him in the expansion. And I don't He's... even. I mean, I guess Seattle would take him, but like I said, this is you never want to lose a player of the caliber of JVR or Jake to the expansion. But coming into it, we were already thinking we were going to lose one yeah. of them to it. So this is an opportunity to get seven to eight million dollars under the cap. Maybe you throw that money. Yeah, you, you got to reallocate that. Season. So like, I'm okay with the losing defense. one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly, I'm okay yeah. with losing one of them if it means yeah. you reallocate those funds to a either like a Ryan Ellis type or or a Dougie Hamilton in free agency. You know, I'm fine with that. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. The expansion draft looms large in a lot of people's minds right now. I would think. Um, do you guys want to talk about? Should we hit on, on any kind of league deals that we're like, hey, that was surprising? Do we talk about Washington real quick? No, just what was your? Yeah, I guess one surprising deal and one deal you liked. Just real um, quick, each person. I was surprised by the Washington deal. Only, only of yeah. who Washington traded. I was surprised they traded uh, Verona because I thought he's. I think he's really good. I was not surprised that Detroit traded Mantha because. Mantha is like their version of Ghost in that like he's constantly mentioned in every trade rumor that ever comes out. Like I feel like they've been trying to move Mantha for since they drafted him, honestly. So I wasn't surprised he got moved, but I was surprised that they got Verana and, and the picks they got back. And a first and a second. Yeah, that made, good, good deal for Stevie Y. Um, 
good deal for them. Uh, a move that I liked. Um, trying to think. Anything else that popped up? <laughs> I would joke and say Gus to Montreal, but that's not funny. Um, I think here I, I'll uh, I'll give our our neighbors uh, some credit. Uh, Jeff Carter, I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, now he's got term left after. It's not just a lot of money yeah, left and, for next year. And I yeah. I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts. They had their recap of the trade deadline, and Jeff and Elliot mentioned like you know in terms of cap recapture if he retires after this year, it's actually not that bad. So. There's a chance, I guess they're they're kicking around that this is Carter's last year, and then he'd retire after this, and wow. that way, the money just kind of gets dispersed. And they said it's not that bad, so. Um, yeah, it's dispersed by like four different teams. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, the Flyers signed shocked, him to the deal, right? so. Really, we're, we're not one of them. Though. Wow. We're not one of okay. Them. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Nice move, Homer. Nice. Um, but yeah. What about you guys? Give me give me some moves that you liked at the deadline. Um, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think we were all surprised by this one, but the Vrana and Mantha one, I mean, Jacob Vrana is, they have comparable numbers right now. Vrana's a year younger, is a great even strength player. He doesn't really even get skater. much power play time with the Caps. Better skater. Maybe that's why they wanted Mantha, because he can add something to the power mm-hmm. play. And Mantha is also your prototypical like power forward. That is the one Vrana thing with the Caps. They so maybe they again. They are they're a hunk. They're a yeah. hunky, beefy team, man. Even Raffle, yeah. if he can suit up on the fourth line every now and then, he's not a, a small he's, man. We've seen Raffle play strong hockey, so yeah. I mean, kind of a, a weird move, but um, I think the the real part is adding in the the picks. Is I feel like that wasn't necessary. I don't know. Yeah, when I saw it was straight know, up, but, I was uh, like, yeah, like maybe that the value is pretty even. I've seen some people think that like. I guess Mantha's a slightly better player, but to add a first and a second, mm-hmm. like that's that would be like if I don't even know if like, if Morgan Frost was having like a pretty decent year this year, he's not proven. Like maybe you yeah. give up a first along with him for someone like a Mantha or Verona, but Mantha also has had a little trouble staying healthy the last couple of years, so. That's one thing he's to signed. Too. I think I that's the biggest thing is that he's he's signed and Verana is not. So I sure, think that's sure. a big. But do you part think Verana would garner more than five point seven mil a year? Hell no. Know. Hell no. I mean, TK just got what like five point four. Yeah. One trade I did like. Um, I didn't like the. I, this is this is a weird one. So I didn't like the value of the trade. But I do like the trade for the team. I think Montreal, or sorry, Toronto picking mm-hmm. up Nick Felino is like low key a pretty good move because Felino always brings yeah. it in the playoffs. He's a nasty guy. I was listening to his interview on the Trade Center, um, TSN Trade Center, when they were doing the deadline show. And he was basically like, Look, I'm not going to kid anybody. He literally said, He's like, I'm not kidding anybody right now. We know how good the Leafs are on offense. I don't need to come in and be that guy if I need to play, you know, defensive hockey and, and kind of get in people's faces to let those guys do the work in the offensive zone. He's like, that's what I'm going to do. If they need me to jump up for a shift late in the third to get a goal, like, I'm going to do that too. So I think, you know, you're bringing a captain, you're bringing a big guy. Um, and, I mean, we've seen Felino. He's a Flyers killer. Flyers. He's a he Flyers killer. He's a Flyers killer. He has skill. Absolutely. So I, I like Felino. I don't know if I like him for a first-round pick, but uh, – 
I think that's that that's low key a move that like when I saw that I was like, damn, Toronto or yeah, Toronto's really going for it. They think that this is the year. Probably and have the easiest path. Every day, I I believe in that team more and more. So Matt, give me your uh, give me your surprise and a move you liked. Ah, surprise. I mean, like you said, I mean, that was definitely the most surprising, the one we've already talked about with the Capitals. I was surprised that um, Taylor Hall didn't go for a first. I feel yeah. like they gave him Anders Bjork in a second for him and um, what is who's the def, who's the fourth liner? Paris Lazar. Lazar. He's been a Flyers killer this season. Um, I mean, I don't think, like, this season specifically, he's been pretty decent, but that's probably in an expanded role on a very bad Buffalo Sabres team. Like, he was probably playing more minutes than he will in Boston. I was just surprised he didn't garner first. I'd be interested. I'm interested to see how he fits in with that team. I mean, he's still a very good offensive player, um, and he still has the good advanced stats. So. I'm interested to see what happens there. And then one I thought was a good move. I kind of agree with Mike. I think even though the value makes no sense, I think Nick Foligno adding that dynamic to Toronto. Like Sometimes when you add too big of a name who needs the puck or kind of changes the team dynamic in terms of like playing time or things like that, I think that's where you get yourself into problems. I think that's what the Pittsburgh Penguins did a couple times when they got like Brendan Morrow, Jerome Ginla. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they were, they were taking away time from players who had actually played very well for them in the given season. I think if you're able to plug him in on the third line, kind of bump someone a wing and move one of the players they've been rotating in off, off the fourth line, you solidify the strength down the m- middle. Everyone always talks about, oh, well, they're going to get bullied by Montreal in the playoffs. Like Now they have Zach Bogosian. They have... Muzzin, they have Wayne Simmons, they have Nick How Foligno. How can they afford like, all these people? How, how? I feel like the, the Leafs have 80 people. Because they're all on like dirt, treat, dirt. Jason Spets is making like league minimum scoring like crazy. He's, yeah. he's got like 25 points already this year, I'm pretty sure. Good for him. Take that, Babcock. Speaking Anything of else? Babcock. Oh yeah, you you said he was on the. Uh... I can't believe I, I turned it on and at first. Like I was like, wait, that can't be him. I was like walking away, and a second period comes around. I see him back on there. I'm like, who in the world thought it would be a good idea after everything that happened to have Mike Babcock be an analyst on NBC Sports? Maybe not the worst thing that they're uh, they're losing yeah. hockey then for the, Jesus, <laughs> the time like, being. That's... I mean, like read the room. Yeah. We'll see. We will see, gentlemen. Um, anything else before we should wrap up? I, I will say uh, Chuck's presser um, didn't really – I didn't have too many, like, standout quotes that I that I saw other than when asked if there's any possible changes to the coaching staff, he just said no, um, which, again, I think, I think he has to say that right now. But seriously, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you guys right now. If they continue to play like this – I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that AV is gone. I, I would be shocked. I, I would be surprised. But if they, if for the next 13, 14 games, whatever's left, if they get blown out like three more times and they continue to just be this horrible and this disengaged, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. I think you have to take a look at the head coach at that point. 
But the assistant should be gone. I just don't think he can say that right now because it's middle of the season. It's the end of the season. No. It doesn't make sense. To I mean, literally at this point. So up until the day before he fired Dave Haxtell, he said he was yeah. not going to fire Dave Haxtell. Yeah, so, you won't really I mean, know. I, they GM can just yeah, the GM can never come out against the coach, uh, yeah. especially so in. Season. He had to say it, but I, we'll see. Um, if anything, um, we can just kind of relax, right? The the pressure and the anxiety of this team. You know, hopefully making the playoffs, that's gone. We can just kind of just let it, the calm wash over us. Enjoy the little things to, to finish out the season. Hopefully we see a Wade Allison and some of the young guys um, get to see some of the veterans, you know, try and build some momentum, like I said, for uh, for the next year. Um, Coots is still looking good. G is still good. All our, all our veterans are still looking good. Um, just try and stay positive, everybody. You know, we got some – I guess I, you can only go up from here, right? I guess that's that's about it. That's where we'll end it on. Can only go up from here. Take care, everybody.